1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee, Eric Name. I'm also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Fenimore, which is out on Highway 18 to the west of Madison, it appears. So closer to the middle of the state, uh, just a little bit south of uh, Boscobel and north of Lancaster. So I haven't been there. Uh, It looks lovely. Boscobel?
0: Yeah. Is that a place?
1: yeah b-o-s-c-o-b-e-l i think it's boscobel i think that's how you say it um yeah out in the the middle of the states so shout out to you espn fenimore i'll be sure to visit sometime in the next year um joining me as always questioning whether or not boscobel is a place is my good friend and the founder of brewhoop.com frank madden frank how you doing buddy i haven't re-listened
0: to uh our podcast from yesterday but i swear to god like in the process of recording it, I went from perfectly healthy to getting crushed by allergies, <laughs> it, it was and I sort of got the
1: end of it.
0: Yeah, um, I've been uh, I've been fighting it all day today as well, and now just like hearing your melodious voice uh, immediately caused my nose to get congested. So I'm going to be like, oh no, toggling the mute button on and off throughout <laughs> this conversation as I try to manage my uh, my allergies. I I have to say this like growing up in a cold weather state. You kind of like get used to this idea of like you get sick when it's cold out, you know, Mm -hmm. even though I I know that that's like, it's not like people in California don't get colds. Um, But I still, even though now I live in Texas, I still get just angry when, and again, I'm not sure if I'm, if I have a cold or if I have allergies or something, but uh, I still get angry when it's like 95 degrees outside and I have a cold. It's just like, what? Come on. (laughs) Seriously? It's too hot to have a cold
1: yeah no uh, it's t- that's totally fair i when i visited my brother in malaysia i got sick it was for his wedding i got sick like two days in because i was going from like 100 degrees in humid to ac and my body just like was not having it and i just kept going back and forth and i was sick like my second day and i was like come on it's a million degrees outside how am i cold like how do i have a cold right now this sucks so I feel you. I feel I feel your pain and anger. This is my. This is my.
0: My flu game. My flu pod. Um, <laughs> except not really. I'm not really doing badly at all. Um, but it's August, and and stuff actually sort of keeps happening. Eric, we <laughs> right? we keep getting little trickles of of information on which we can uh, talk about and and fill our our days with with podcasts. So um, shout out to uh, the NBA for. Being a twelve month a year league.
1: Yeah, there the news broke today that we would find out tomorrow at one p.m. Central Time uh, who is going to be playing on Christmas, and I, we all should have known that anytime an announcement is made that something will be announced later on that. Someone somewhere uh, on NBA Twitter will get that information, and tonight it was uh, Mark Stein at the New York Times that broke the news that we will, in fact, be getting Christmas Giannis this season, as the Bucks will be one of the teams playing on Christmas here in 2018 and they will be facing off against the New York Knicks. It will not be a home game for the Bucks. Uh, that was one of my pet theories that you know the Bucks get a new arena and then you know one of the rewards for uh one of the rewards for a new arena is you get a Christmas Day game with Giannis. Instead, they will be playing at the Mecca of Basketball, which I would have to assume has to be pretty cool for just about any basketball player that on Christmas day you get to play in Madison square garden. Like if you're going to be forced to play uh, on Christmas day, it might as well be at the Mecca of basketball. So uh, Bucks, Knicks Christmas day, Frank, what are your initial thoughts?
0: Well, I, uh, I have not seen uh, the Bucks play in a lot of different venues. Um, Off the top of my head, I've seen the Bucks play obviously in Milwaukee, but also uh, in Houston and it, in LA against the Clippers, and Boston, I, Boston. Yes, I was like, <laughs> so yeah, you, I "Did you live years. Yeah, <laughs> <was yeah>. like, <laughs> yeah. how could you have not Back, seen uh, a game? Yes, there? <laughs> Eric, good call. Uh, way to test me. Um, <laughs> and then the other place I've seen them was uh, I've seen them at Madison Square Garden. Um, I saw them. Um, I, I guess it was, uh, Giannis' second year, so it was. The fourteen fifteen season. It was the uh, I guess it was the spring of twenty fifteen. Just wait, you got to see and,
1: the behind the back like block yes. to dunk sequence in part. Oh wow,
0: yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, I was there with uh, a bunch of my buddies, and uh, it was uh, it was it was quite enjoyable. Actually, that yeah, that was my uh, that was my bachelor party that weekend in New York. Nice. And as part of my bachelor party, I mean, what is Frank Madden going to do right, in New York City? Yeah. Over a bachelor party weekend, is he going to do wild and crazy things? No, he's going to see the goddamn Bucks play the Knicks, <laughs> um, and uh, and so that was that was the highlight of that game, which uh, the Bucks won, and Giannis scored I think like twenty three points or something like that, which was pretty cool. Uh, that was when that was a big deal because he was that was you know, like still that was bait, one of his arrival guns.
1: games. Like that, that was... was one of
0: his yeah, it was it was for sure. So uh, so yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, it's and it was kind of funny because I mean the Knicks sucked, uh, the Bucks were obviously not a draw at that point um but you know msg always is like pretty full and um you know we sat in the upper deck it was like we sat like in the middle but middle of the upper deck kind of like more or less close to uh like the center court line so it was like you know a good angle but it was just far away and um you know msg is one of those places it's like you know, it's hard to get good seats, um, and so there was lots of lots of you know, like the crowd in the second deck um, at, at an MSG game is um, is kind of interesting because it it still seems like people who paid a lot of money for tickets <laughs> um, and a lot of like foreign tourists and things like that. But uh, but yeah, so I have fond memories of the Bucks at MSG, and obviously we've seen some very memorable games um, since then, including of course you know Giannis's game winner, which uh of course um is is memorialized forever in the lockdown bucks theme song shout out to the man Ted Davis for the call and to our dude uh Danny Schmitz for actually putting that music together around it um and then you know just some other stuff like uh oh you know Giannis jumping over Tim Hardaway uh <laughs> the the dunk of the year last year um and again I'll commit I'll recommit the sacrilege of saying I think bronze dunk on uh Nerkic was was actually a better dunk than Giannis's, but Giannis's was just kind of more wild in a lot of ways um but uh but yeah lots of fun uh, fun history between the bucks and Knicks. and um i will say this i kind of like the fact that like if the bucks were playing on new year's and they were having to go like all right or sorry on christmas it's like all right you're playing on christmas go uh go to pl- go play in oakland uh that's tough because <laughs> you're probably gonna lose uh, get to play against the Knicks on MSG. Porzingis is, you know, presumably still going to be out for a while with uh, the ACL tear. Yeah, you know, you have a that's a game the Bucks should win, and that would be a nice little Christmas present. Not only get to see the Bucks on Christmas Day, but knock on wood, hopefully see uh, see the Knicks claim a <laughs> victory and it, uh, you know, and route to a, a good start to the season.
1: In the other direction, it is almost perfect. Like the Bucks could ruin Christmas by. Lay out a total stinker against the Knicks and everyone just be like, Oh, come on. Really? You finally get a Christmas game and then you do that. So there, I think there's, there's great potential in both directions for, uh, it to be a, a very enjoyable Christmas day. And then also for Bucks fans to be furious and, uh, Digging into the eggnog a little bit earlier than than maybe you'd want to on Christmas Day. And I guess, Frank, looking at the rest of the schedule, and at this point we're recording at 9.15 here on Tuesday night, uh, we've seen that Celtic Sixers, that was also reported by Mark Stein, uh, Lakers Warriors, and then Blazers Jazz was reported by Chris Haynes. So three other games there there will be one more uh, i think rockets thunder was kind of the rumor that has been going around uh, that one has not been confirmed um but looking at those games i assume the bucks probably kick this off right like the knicks had the most sorry team of any of them playing on on christmas day and they're, they're in an east coast time zone so you could start it at noon and get the day started at like 11 because i think typically the first game of the day is 11 on christmas day and i can't imagine you do it to celtic sixers so you probably move that to the afternoon that that would be like the two o'clock game lakers warriors is your mid-afternoon like four or five o'clock game uh and then you'd have two other games later in the day does that sound right i, I just th- I, to me when i look at that schedule. Um, and because of the presence of the Knicks, I I feel like the Bucks and Knicks almost have to kick off the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think last year the Sixers and Knicks played the first game, um, at MSG. So, um, I, I think that's certainly reasonable. Last year it was, uh, Philly and New York starting at noon Eastern. So, um, sub in the bucks for the Sixers this year that probably makes the most sense um although it's kind of you know you look at the rest of the schedule last year was Sixers Knicks at noon um yeah these are all eastern time uh then Cavs at Warriors at three so kind of the marquee Mm. game of the day was actually that that second game and then Wizards Celtics Rockets Thunder and uh, Wolves Lakers and obviously by the end um everybody's just sort of you know fat on christmas
1: ham. oh i was basketball uh, yeah. drunk christmas hung over like it, it was a long day by the, t- by the time you get to that fifth one like everyone in your family is like dude how do you still have tv like how do you still have a nba game on the tv and it's like well you know there's five games today so
0: yeah
1: it's gonna stay on the tv i'm sorry i don't yeah, i don't, I don't really know
0: like you're just sort of laying there with your pants unbuttoned <laughs> and just kind of like unable to move um so yeah i, I hey whatever i'll take uh, bucks at uh at 11 a.m. Central Time to to kick off my Christmas, I can live with that. Um, you can and, actually plan uh, a
1: pretty nice day around that. Like if you're yeah. if you're a Christmas morning, uh, you know, present opener, you can open those presents and then you know get that knocked out of the way. Maybe have a little breakfast, watch Bucks Knicks, and then you put your dinner after. Bucks Knicks around two o'clock and you know you have yourself a nice little day i think that could that could work out well and uh we will see what you know what the bucks can do i think one thing to be i mean at least interested in is a christmas jersey Yes. We've seen the mock-ups of what like a Bucks Christmas jersey looks like, and uh, I think maybe they've been available for sale before, but like, you're actually going to get to see the Bucks with a Christmas jersey, and I'm very curious what those will look like cuz I think the Bucks have a have a christmasy color scheme that they could do some things especially that green and cream I I feel like you could you could put together a nice little christmas jersey
0: yeah and uh a couple of years ago there were the the black ones that uh, it was again it was kind of weird right cuz they never they have not planned christmas in what like 40 years or something like that years, um, yes. so yeah, so the, the, we haven't seen them actually wear Christmas jerseys uh, since that's become a thing these last few years, um, but this year presumably we will, um, which uh, which is pretty fun. And like I said, the ones a couple years ago were pretty cool. Uh, I, I did you could buy those, and I, I remember yeah. seeing some people wearing them, and they're pretty cool. Um, you know, basically like pretty clean jerseys, which is sort of more, I you not know, festive. Uh, scripting uh, I was gonna say cursive
1: script used right I think
0: yeah and I thought the I thought there were some really sharp there have been some really sharp Christmas jerseys last couple years Um, actually I thought the Knicks had really nice ones the bulls with the red and because like just like it's just very color like very little white which I think is kind of cool Um, and so, so yeah we'll see uh, one more thing to uh, look forward to a Christmas. Cause certainly if you're a player, uh, I guess it's cool to be, you know, on the marquee stage like that. The flip side, if you're a player and you have kids, uh, maybe not ideal, but, uh, you know, whatever this is, uh, that's the, the price you pay for being a very highly paid professional athlete.
1: Uh, so you mentioned how long it had been. It has indeed been 41 years since the Bucks have played on Christmas. Uh, they are two and two all time on Christmas, or at least from what I can find on basketball reference, uh, Their first one was in 1968. They lost 119-113 to uh, Detroit in Milwaukee. In 1971, 120-118 overtime loss in Detroit. Uh, 1972, uh, a 104-99 win in Kansas City, and then in 1977, a 131-122 win in Kansas City as well. So I don't know what the Kings were doing with uh, with their regular Christmas Day games, but the Bucks had two of them, and I guess they've only had two appointments the Pistons and the Kings on Christmas and they've split those two and two they've lost both to Detroit beat the Kansas City Kings both of those times uh so we'll see what they can do this week uh for anyone curious uh the 25th which is Christmas is on a Tuesday this year in case you're trying to figure out uh what your schedule may look like in December um I think that's about the, the news for today. And I, t- wait, one more, one,
0: one more thing that, that came up and we, we, we didn't talk about this before the pod. So I'm going to Steve on horn you a little bit here. Uh, Eric, I believe it was Kelly Ilko, eco Ilko. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, there was a report. Yeah, Kelly Eco, um, reporting that uh, who's who's with uh, I guess he's a Rockets uh guy from USA Today Sports Media, um, reported that uh, so Atlanta would be open to taking Ryan Anderson's remaining 41 million if they got a draft pick plus a young player. This is for Kent Bazemore and one of the other uh, rumors that Eco uh had that he tweeted out today was that Kent Bazemore's list of suitors also includes Milwaukee who recently contacted the Hawks but initial trade talks didn't get very far Kent loves Atlanta but would be open to a move to Houston or Milwaukee since he knows both coaches well and we're joining a contender and I mean we've talked a little bit about Bazemore I think we talked about him when we were talking about you know like uh, Jabari sign and trades and like is there some swap deal that could make sense given that Bazemore is a solid NBA player uh, but overpaid. I think he's going to make like 18, 19 million the next two years. He has a player option next year, so I'm guessing he's going to take that. Um, so he basically has two years left at like let's say thirty-seven million total. And obviously the rub here is, you know, if you're the Bucks, you're not. I mean, Again, like you don't, I don't think want to give up a, a first round pick to get uh, Kent Bazemore, and it's more complicated because of the pick protections on the Bledsoe first round pick that to Phoenix as well so I don't really know I'm not really sure what that deal would look like but presumably you know you could, could try to do something around um, you know Henson and Deli being the obvious deals that you want to ship out um, obviously Bledsoe is out there but are you going to trade Bledsoe for a guy who's not a point guard and you don't really you know have a lot of depth at point guard at that point um, it's kind of tough to figure out what exactly the the play would be for for a guy like Bazemore but um, I don't know I wouldn't be shocked if there was some some type of deal but obviously if uh the Rockets are willing to give up like a first round pick and another like young player or something like that um to to make the uh Hawks stomach taking Ryan Anderson's contract which is about the same as as Bazemore's a little bit more um I don't know if the Bucs are would we want to to beat that but um you know not surprising another another guy who is one of Mike Budenholzer's old old guys uh being rumored as uh, as potentially being connected with the bucks so i'm not necessarily expecting anything to happen but another sort of example of the budenholzer uh influence potentially uh you know rearing its
1: head i guess to me when i saw the first tweet about mm-hmm. it in my mind Obviously, I had talked about, you know, Delly and Henson packing those two guys together for, you know, one player that's probably overpaid uh, during the mailbag. And Bazemore is someone that a number of our listeners sent to me that, oh, would you do this for Bazemore? And uh, yeah, I think I would, but. At the same time, like the Hawks have to be getting something out of it. And right. like when I first thought through it, I was like, is it a second? Like, what is it? Because the dollars are pretty similar. So then to hear that, you know, Atlanta was thinking about Ryan Anderson and the two years left on his deal, um, and it's more money than Bazemore's, but it's it's pretty close. I would say it's. As much as Anderson's is more than Bazemore's, Bazemore's is slightly more than Henson and Deli's, I think. Um, and just thinking through it, like I have no interest in Ken Bazemore If you if the package that's going to get it done for taking on Ryan Anderson was Anderson, Deon, like DeAnthony Melton and a 2019 first, like that's crazy. No, <laughs> there's no yeah. way that. You would take on Kent Bazemore for that, so uh, I my guess would be, you know, that if the Hawks are kind of talking about, you know, Bazemore being out there, or Bazemore's uh, talking about, you know, the idea of being traded and telling them teams that he want to be traded to, and the Bucks being one of those teams, and if you're the Bucks, I, I, yeah, I think you make that call and and try to figure that out. But man, the second that you hear that, it's a lot to get him i just feel like it has to you just have to get out of there and uh like i I know Atlanta has been taking on a bunch of salary to get more assets, but one, I don't know that the bucks have a lot of future assets. They really want to give up, uh, two, when you look at the bucks first rounder, like it's tied up in the blood. So pick protections. So you'd have to get creative. And uh, I, I don't necessarily see a match, um, unless the Hawks are literally just thinking, you know, we'll take a second and, We'll take on deli and Henson. The, it'll be two guys that we probably don't have to pay a whole lot. And, you know, maybe they're veterans that can help our young guys learn how to be gritty like Deli or something like that. Um, I, to me, with that roster, I don't see uh, a fit that makes a ton of sense to me. But, you know, I think it's obviously interesting to once again see another Boonholzer guy uh be a name that comes out. And I do wonder, I've talked about this throughout the Jason Kidd tenure that the Bucks were at times such a mess, so disorganized that I thought they got used by, by a lot of agents that if they had some wonky idea, um, whether that was, oh my God, Carlos Boozer making a comeback, whether that was, um, I don't even know what other veterans were out there, but like, just like anyone that was somehow connected to Jason Kidd, like, you could float that rumor out, and I don't think anyone would feel comfortable disputing it because, well, maybe it is true. Maybe Jason Kidd uh, does have that kind of sway. So m- maybe this is something that that is happening. And uh, I thought the Bucks at times got used for leverage, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if that kind of happens under Mike Boonholzer, that anyone that has uh, a tangential connection to Mike Boonholzer like, is – are the bucks now going to be at the top of the list of any of those, uh, any of those rumors. And I wouldn't be shocked if they are, I, I, I'll
0: take any hawk using the bucks for leverage, uh, any former hawk using the bucks for leverage over Derek Rose at least. So that's um, I, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'll, that, that that would at least be a positive. Um, so yeah, I don't know, whatever, a little bit of uh, a little bit of stray gossip to, uh, to us over in August. Um, So you had one more topic to cover, and it's one I think that we have talked about somewhat um, as far as Chris Middleton and where he ranks in the NBA, but uh, that was something you wanted to kind of get into a little bit because I think people have been asking about it.
1: And you just got teased. We're going to talk about all of that tomorrow. We're going to try to rank Chris Middleton and see exactly where we believe he falls among the NBA's best players. I can tell you we've already recorded the conversation. It's a lot of fun. Uh, It just went incredibly long. Uh, So instead of making this an hour plus podcast, we are going to make it two podcasts right around 30 minutes. So that is what we're going to do for tomorrow. So you will be hearing that on tomorrow's version of Locked on Bucks while we're here a quick shout out to posterburner.com again they are a new sponsor we are very happy to have them always happy to have people supporting us and when people support us you should go support them so go to posterburner.com bucks again that's posterburner.com bucks that'll get you an additional 10 percent off of your order and if you go there you can turn your own photos into posters, uh, into canvas prints, into metal prints, into decals, stickers, banners, all sorts of stuff. They have great professional graphic designers. They're ready to take care of all the stuff you are trying to make. They do a great job with all of that. So go support our newest sponsor, PosterBurner.com/bucks, and that's a ten, an additional ten percent off of your orders if you go there today. So. We will talk Chris Middleton and where he should be ranked tomorrow. Uh, we'll see, you know, is he, this is always a question that has happened. Is he a top 30 guy? Is he a top 25 guy? Is he a top 20 guy? Is he a top 40 guy? Is he a top 50, top 60? Where does Chris Middleton rank? Uh, and all of that becomes very important as we uh, talk about, what his next contract looks like over the next year. That's something that keeps coming up again and again and again. We will talk about that tomorrow. So, for Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked on Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.